the person who was the program director of Garden for the Environment was going on a maternity leave, and they tap they asked me to apply if I was interested in applying to do her job while she was gone for six months, and that was 10 years ago. That was Maggie Marks, director of Garden for the Environment. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. In this podcast, Maggie shares the story of her life up to the time she joined the team at GFE. A multi-generational, born and raised San Franciscan, she grew up in the inner sunset, went to rooftop and then a private high school, left the city for college and again to work on a political campaign, but came back and really established her roots here in San Francisco. Here's Maggie. We are at Garden for the Environment, which is San Francisco's public teaching garden. My name is Maggie. I'm the director of the garden. Uh, We're on the corner of 7th and Lawton uh, in San Francisco's inner sunset neighborhood. And we're sort of at the base of Twin Peaks. And 7th Avenue is sort of was a... Um, a stream or a creek that ran down that explains a lot down that way so there's the reservoir at Laguna Honda up the hill Um, and so it's a really interesting place in terms of you know this is part of a wildlife corridor that stretches from San Bruno Mountains to Marin right um, which is which is really amazing I grew up in this neighborhood and never had that context at all and then of course west of us is all former sand dunes right Um, Uh, but both north and south like a huge yeah, huge chunk swath of, it. of sand. Huge swath of sand. Yeah. Um, and so that was eventually paved and all that, that was. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my beef with whoever developed the Sunset District goes deep. <laughs> it's just the parking issues, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. So much concrete. Um, yeah. So we're San Francisco's teaching garden, and we can talk more about what that means and how that sets us apart from some of the other amazing garden programs in the city. But um, yeah, this is our little half-acre plot owned by the city, owned by the Public Utilities Commission. Okay. Um, We will definitely talk more about that, but something else I wanted to kind of branch out on, and that wasn't an intentional uh, pun, (laughs) but um, there's going to be a lot of unintentional (laughs) puns, too. That's just... But no, you said you you grew up in this neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up on 15th and Irving. Okay. Yeah. What the heck? Let's hear about that. (laughs) And also, you know, like, why? what brought your... I'm assuming your parents? No, I'm, uh, well, my dad is first generation San Franciscan. Well, his dad uh, immigrated from Italy, but his mom was born here. Okay. And on my mom's side, my grandmother was born here and potentially some of my great grandparents. Okay. Uh, I know someone immigrated from Ireland. Someone was Portuguese and was down sort of near Watsonville. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I have some family on the Irish side of me that has been here since around the turn of the century. So Irish, Italian, Portuguese. Yeah, the Portuguese is a small, I'm 116th, but I am the sort of like, you know, San Francisco combo, which is a lot of Irish, Italian Catholics. Right, uh, right. Particularly on the west side of the city. Do you know what brought your parents out to where you grew up? Well, my parents, um, my dad grew up in the sunset. Um, and a lot of my family still lives there. And my mom moved around a lot in the city. Um, but they moved there. We, I was born in Glen Park. And we moved to the Inner Sunset, namely because they found a house that they loved and could afford. 
um, in that amid that development that yeah. you yeah yeah so yeah, like yeah. in the early, like it was in the early 90s I think my dad like really wanted to be in Noe Valley and oh. we ended up in the inner sunset which was great we we're a half block from the park and he had a business in the sunset so it was a really easy commute for him okay yeah uh, the park being Stern Grove or oh, no, the Golden Gate. The park. Golden Gate. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. So, so sort of what is that north? Sunset. I was south of Golden Gate Park, just but by you a were half south. block. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, yeah. So you know they've lived all. My parents lived all over this city, mostly on the west side. Okay. Yeah. Um, you you don't have to divulge your age, but um, did you wh- wh- like which decade did you grow up? I grew in? up in the eighties here, 80s. and I went to um, I went to a school called Rooftop, which was a um, Arts Magnet School, uh, elementary school. I think it was called an alternative school. Okay. So we had a lot of art and a lot of theater. And like Aiko Kunio was one of my um, art teachers whose um, mom is Ruth Asawa. Oh, okay. The artist. Yeah. So I got to take a lot of art from her. And um, we actually had a really big school garden back in a time when they were very, very uncommon. There was a plot of land next to our campus that I'm not sure who owned. And now I have a lot of curiosity around it, but sure. as a kid, I didn't think about it. Um, were you part of that, though? Yeah, all the all the classes were. Okay. And that's where we would have our potlucks. It was a very community-oriented school. It had a huge parent participation, mm-hmm. very active community. And so we had a lot of garden days and things like that. I was the head of the environmental club. Yes, you <laughs> I was were. In grade. <laughs> it, was that in the eighties or nineties? That was in the nineties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we're roughly the same age. Like yeah. I remember. I'm from suburban Fort Worth, Texas, but like I remember the world was really starting, or at least our gen- younger generation was starting to get more and more aware of stuff. Like we had a green club mm-hmm. and we recycled. Yeah, yeah. So, which it- generation before you? People Never. thought you were a witch. They had that like <laughs> redemption value on oh, bottles, yeah. but it was all about money. Yeah, it, it wasn't. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And also, I mean, I think it's it's actually a really wonderful tie-in to GFE, which is that I grew up. I was in elementary school during the last major California drought of 1990-ish. Okay. And it started about the late 80s, and so it was all about that's like don't flush your toilets if you don't have to take shorter showers there was mm-hmm. so much drought education mm-hmm. which is actually how GFE was founded as a way mm-hmm. to continue like teaching people how to garden without a lot of water at a time you know when what was considered beautiful was like lawns and like mm-hmm. very lush spaces <laughs> that of the east coast of which we are not so right. uh, yeah, I feel like there was a lot more awareness. I actually, when I was in eighth grade, as the head of my environmental club, I went with, like, I think some parents from the school to um, Alice Waters' program, the Edible Schoolyard in Berkeley, and I think it was, like, right when it was founded, because oh, this wow. would have been mid-90s. Mm-hmm. I was the only, I was I think I was the only kid there. I think oh, it was wow. all adults, but it was very, very new. This was not, like, something that was very common mm-hmm. at all. It must have been right after she started the edible schoolyard because okay, I it. mean I don't think the organization has been around. Yeah. That. Um, I mean, obviously, you didn't know the contrast at the time, but I'm just thinking, you know, not every elementary school, like schools at, at all levels, not every school has arts, music, yeah. theater, yeah. gardening. Um, did you know? Like, did you know that this was special? Did you? It, oh. You seem seems like you were drawn to it. I definitely knew it was special. I went to my first two years at a Catholic school downtown that certainly didn't have that. I also, like, my parents went to Catholic schools. A lot of family of mine went to Catholic schools. I grew up, you know, I learned how to ride my bike 
at the Catholic school down the corner. Right. And I definitely remember just a lot of pavement. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so also part of the problem, but yeah. 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 And so just like, you know, I, you know, not to, to call them out, like there's a lot of great green schoolyards at Catholic schools now, but, right. um, just more that I, I did know that it wasn't, I think I knew that I went to a school that was very special. Mm-hmm. Um, and our teachers certainly went out of their way to tell us that, and it wasn't always a compliment because <laughs> right. we were all a little, like, well taken care of. Right. Um, but no, I, I definitely knew it was a unique situation, and I really loved it. So, in or out of school, um, besides gardening, what kind of things were you into as, let's say, a teenager oh. in San Francisco, which would be the '90s now, 90s. right? '90s. Yeah. I was really into. <laughs> Like, it's so embarrassing. Really into playing dress up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Creating little worlds with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've like, watched Pin 15. I know. About oh, this. I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. I'm, I'm, I haven't seen it namely because I think it might too almost cl- be embarrassing too close that they to home. read my diary. Too close to home. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And like a lot of performing. I loved like make believe forts, that kind of stuff. Um, I loved to read. I was like a big voracious reader. Um, yeah. Was your was your house the kind that had a lot of books? Is that like yeah. did your parents kind of foster that stuff in in you? Oh, definitely. And like my you know my mom had like her old books. I remember reading some of those, but also I lived right by the library, and I would Ooh. just go and get stacks of books. Yeah, I was very into like you know young adult chapter books and things okay. like that. So I like to read a lot. Um, yeah, and also, like, just living in the city. Once I got older, especially, I could, you know, get around pretty easily on the buses and mm-hmm. things like that. What kinds of things were you doing around town? Oh, my gosh. What was I doing? I have no idea. Just, like, pick something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, in high school, I had a friend who lived um, way on the like way on the other side of town from me, like, off Polk Street. And that was super fun to, like, go into... I guess Russian Hill. Okay. Um, which was really different. Growing up, we used to go down to North Beach a fair amount as a family because, yes. you know, I think my dad felt a lot of connection there. And right. that's still one of my favorite neighborhoods in the city. I'm going I, there later today, oh my actually. Gosh. It, yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's so great. Um, my dad played on a softball team when I was little for like 40 years. And so we'd go watch him play games and get burritos and sit in the, yes. sit in the park and watch him play baseball. Yes. It's funny because I, I grew up here. And so to me, it was such an ordinary childhood. Right. Like all of my friends, obviously all my friends grew up here, right. but, but also both my parents grew up here. Right. So to me, it was like very ordinary. You Just know? home. Yeah. We went to like family, you know, every, there was always someone having a, like a first communion, a baptism, a confirmation. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so yeah. And then meals afterwards. Oh my gosh! Of course, name drop cold some, cut platters. Name drop some restaurants. <laughs> well, my parents, my family owned a butcher shop. Oh. Called Guerra Meats, and so they cater. Your family is Guerra. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my mind is blown. I didn't know this before we started recording. I love Guerra. Yeah. Sorry. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that more. Yeah, yeah, you should interview them. Yes, uh, there's a lot please. Of, Thank you. Of rich, rich, meaty material there. But okay. Yeah. So, um, ah, you know, good big, pun. yeah, good thank pun. you. Uh, so like always lots of cold cut platters from there. Um, yeah, but what, what restaurants were y'all going to? Or did you eat out much? We didn't eat out that much. Okay, fair we definitely would go to the mission to get burritos. Mm-hmm. Um, La Cumbre was our spot mm-hmm. on uh, Valencia. Mm-hmm. Remember when they put Doritos in there? No. In the burritos? <laughs> it was like early 2000s. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't think I went there then. We also used yeah. to go to Goat Hill Pizza in yeah. Montero Hill mm-hmm. a lot. Um, 
And I'm trying to think what else. Marnie Thai was okay. our family spot. Okay. Um, the, the original out on Irving, and then they opened one on 9th, even closer to where I grew up. So that was like always where we went out nice. if we got um, takeout. There was also a spot, and I can't remember the name of it now, that was on 9th. It was a Mexican restaurant that closed. Um, and so we just over here? Yeah, it was a long time ago. Okay. Then there was also Front Room Pizza on 9th. And so our family, on Friday nights, we'd go get pizza at Front Room Pizza, get a root beer with your pepperoni pizza. Oh, but God. then we'd have to run home in time for TGIF. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no so DVRs like, back then. No, no. Yeah, so you'd be home by 8. Yeah. So it was like running down Irving Street in the fog <laughs> to make of, sure. Full of pizza and root beer. Full <laughs> of pizza and root beer. That's so fun. Because I couldn't miss it. Right. Yeah. Another question came up in there, and I've, I've already kind of forgotten. Oh, do you have siblings? I do. I have two sisters. Okay. Are yeah. they around? No. One's in New York, and one who's much younger than both of us is in Chicago. Okay. So. So in, in um, I guess, in re relative to your sisters, you have stayed around. I have stayed around. I went away for college, and I traveled a lot in my 20s. Let's dig into that real fast. Yeah. Because with the... With folks who are born and raised, I'm always like, um, if you're still here, it's like, did you ever, was there ever a question of leaving? Oh. Did you leave? And if so, you came yeah. back. So. I went to school in Seattle and loved it. UW? Yeah, UW. Okay. I really thought I was going to stay. And then my senior year, I was like, it's too rainy for yeah. me. Yeah. And I thought that I could handle it, but I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And then I moved back. I always would work at the butcher shop between jobs. Okay. Um, I was really into social justice work, so I was, like, interning at Global Exchange and, like, mm -hmm. fighting CAFTA, the Central American Free Trade Agreement, mm -hmm. for a while. And then... Um, Can I ask quickly, yeah. just as a detour or whatever, uh, um, it is or was your family's business, like, you know, did they do sustainable, you know, ethical or and, and did you try to influence any of that oh, as you're becoming an adult yeah I mean I think that I think that it's always been something that I've been more curious about they definitely have changed some of the things that they sell a lot of what they sell is really driven by what people are interested in or right. um, will buy right um, so they definitely started carrying some more grass-fed things um, and and yeah that that, that was like I was always the squeaky social justice kid in the family yeah. of the larger family. I feel like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And I really thought I was going to move away again. When and then, I when I in 2008 did a bunch of different things, traveled, worked different places, um, and one of the things I did was work on the 2008 Obama campaign. Oh, you and, too. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. What did, what There's did, a lot of us. What did they have you do, or what did you do? I was in Fairfax County, Virginia. Okay. Um, and I just, I called a, an office in Virginia, and I said, do you need volunteers? And they said, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then I bought a plane ticket and flew out two days later and showed up, and they were like, oh, <laughs> oh, you were serious. Like, <laughs> you came out here from California. But I knew someone in D.C., so I could crash on her air mattress. Thank you, Haley. Mm -hmm. Um and then commute down to D down to Fairfax County, and then once we got closer and we were working twenty hours a day, I would just I stayed at someone's house, a woman nearby. You full time? Worked. I mean, I, I yeah, I didn't have a job. Oh I like my God. was out. I didn't have a job, and I didn't know what I was doing. And so, um, 
I was like, I can do this right now. So yeah, I was I was no door knocking, but then I started being an, one of the organizers that was really like managing the door knockers and okay. um, trying to get outreach in our, I was in four precincts, um, two of which were like pretty underrepresented communities. Mm -hmm. And so trying to make sure we got out the vote there. Right. Had you done anything like that before? I had. Oh. I'd done a lot of organizing work. I Back here in the Bay or in SF? In college? In college. No, yeah. So actually in high school, I went to Guatemala for the very first time as okay. part of, like, I went to a Catholic high school and they did these sort of immersion experiences. And so I went to Guatemala and fell in love and ended up going back there with a professor studying human rights and went for, I forget how long that program was, so a few weeks. And then I ended up going back for three or four months to learn Spanish and then do community work in a region. So I was pretty used to like the community organizing piece okay. of things um, and had been a fair trade organizer for mm -hmm. Global Exchange. So I had a lot of organizing experience, which is how the Obama campaign kind of utilized me. I was definitely not paid. I was like, right. <laughs> there was a whole bunch of us that were just like sleeping on people's couches and so by the time i'm not gonna say their name but um the vice presidential candidate sort of um denigrated community organizers you're like it's personal now yeah 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 because yeah. that was total bullshit yeah but um anyway um so okay so, so, you went I, to and then I, so oh, I thought i was gonna i was like ready to leave san francisco and do something new i had like grown up here i felt also because like my whole family had grown up here i really just kind of wanted to do something different and then there was a financial crisis yes that, there was. i don't know if you remember <laughs> yes. and so i was like huh and every obama Every, it felt to me like everybody I knew had worked on the campaign and now no one had a job. A job, right, right, right. Or was trying to get a job with the administration, which I was in no place to do. Yeah. Um, Super happy about his election and then well, you're for like, sure. and. Well, now uh, what? And also, right. I had sort of taken the year off before to figure out what was next. Mm -hmm. um, I hadn't figured it out. That's okay. Yeah. So I ended up staying here doing a bunch of different things. I worked at the farmer's market, I worked for my dad and my family and then I you know it was one of those situations where I fell into the most amazing living situation in Bernal Heights okay. and then I met my husband who okay. was also from San Francisco okay and then you know it was never like I just got I didn't have the desire to leave anymore yeah I really really liked staying here. if i may getting a spot in bernal hill should do that to someone it was it's the one best. of my most prized like i've never lived there but i'm like if i could it was yeah. it was the best i had this amazing there. cohabitation living situation with people i'd never i met them on craigslist and oh, it was okay. like just the most incredible alignment right and then i just loved the neighborhood and um yeah, and then I ended up getting a job at an organization called Urban Sprouts, which did, at the time, they did a lot of school garden education. Now they sort of use gardening as a as a tool to um, build community. Um, okay. And so I got that job, and that kept me in San Francisco. And then through them, I met. I met the I met this garden. Okay. Yeah. So, what do you, can you explain that a little bit more? But yeah. Through them, did you know about the place being so close? Yeah. Well, to, I grew yeah. up in this neighborhood, so right. I actually remember when it was built. Oh. Um. And it's funny. My husband came on field trips here when he was a kid. Yes. Which was really great. Awesome. I found that out years later. Um. 
Yeah, so Urban Sprouts, I had a lot of experience doing, I was good at administrative sort of operational stuff for organizations. I had done that for years. And so Urban Sprouts was looking for an operations assistant. And so I did that and ended up meeting the program director. We became really close and ran the organization, essentially ran the organization. There was an executive director had been on maternity leave and then she came back. And um, we shared an office with Garden for the Environment. Okay. And after I left Urban Sprouts and I was back working farmer's markets, the person who was the program director of Garden for the Environment was going on a maternity leave. And they they asked me to apply Mm -hmm. if I was interested in applying to do her job while she was gone for six months and that was 10 years ago okay yeah um what did i let's tell here like what you know you knew about the place i knew about the place i didn't really under i didn't really know that much about it um i knew that when i shared an office with with we call ourselves gfe they were just so aware of all of the things that were happening in the city because this was 2010, probably. Okay. And so, you know, after the financial collapse, this is very common in wh- which we see in trends is that, like, after financial collapses, there's often a really big resurgence of an interest in getting back to the land and gardening. The Victory Garden movements of World Wars One and Two are mm-hmm. an example that come to mind. Um, in the 70s, when inflation was so bad, there was a lot of sort of back to the land mm. um, things then. More recently, the pandemic. The pandemic. So <laughs> 2008 was like the heyday of a lot of interest okay. in gardening. And so it just seemed to me that GFE had a finger on the pulse of what was happening in the city and um, who was doing things. They just seemed to know, like Blair and Susie, who ran the garden, seemed to know so many people that were doing that. Um, but it was certainly like, I I was always interested in gardening. I loved it. I did not know what I was doing. <laughs> so they just seemed like they had so much knowledge right. about uh, the world of gardening. Uh, did you have home gardens like a yeah. previous guest of the show, Jamie? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had a garden at my house in Bernal and we had no idea what we were doing. We got right. chickens mm-hmm. and we would buy, we would just buy plants at Flowercraft and then die. And mm. it was nothing that Flowercraft did. I love Flowercraft so much. Same. They're the best. Yes. It was that I had no idea what I was doing, which is that like our garden was mostly shade and we were in right. total denial. Right. And so I've, <laughs> that's the biggest thing I learned. Flowercraft does have that section in the way, yeah, way, have. way back. I like almost under the freeway yeah. where it's like the forgotten plants. Yeah. That's always the first place I go oh, when I go smart. there. I'm like, yeah, the, the, the island of forgotten. Well, the, yeah, the forgotten plants are, most of them are so need a home. But totally. yeah, yeah. And I, I, I learned after working here that I just, I didn't know what I was doing. It wasn't right. that I was doing anything wrong necessarily. I just didn't have the tools. And that's what GFE does is we try and give people the tools so they can like, make decisions to be successful because then once you're successful it's so much easier to it builds on itself maybe a absolutely yeah, it's yeah. like you don't you're not discouraged you're seeing things you're getting excited about things things that are thriving you're just more likely to to get into mm-hmm. it so i had a backyard and so when i started here i was only doing sort of like office work and i'd sit stuff, in staff yeah. meetings and they would talk about plant names and um sort of like garden stuff and I would Mm -hmm. totally be glazed over like I have no idea what they're talking about it was (laughs) really cool I just they were all everyone was so smart and everyone knew so much and I I it was all really new to me in a lot of ways you're absorbing 
uh, yeah. sponging. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what I like to tell students is like, you can learn how to garden and I, I'm literal proof of it because I did not know what I was doing right. really before I came here other than having an interest, which is honestly probably the most important thing about gardening. That was Maggie Marks. On the next episode of Storied San Francisco, Maggie tells us all about her time at Garden for the Environment. Part two drops this Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 190 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can, please rate and review our show so we can reach even more folks. We love email. Drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.